Hi, Rodney Jane here from Bob Jane T-Marts. Specialists in tyres and wheels for over 50 years. We stock what tradies need. Tyres, wheels or batteries, we've got you covered. Steel or alloy wheels, 15 inch plus. Big brands such as Monster, R08, CSA, Fuel, PDW and Dynamic. A massive range. Tyres, we love tyres. All-terrain, mud-terrain, 4x4 and SUV tyres. We stock all the top brands such as Bridgestone, BF Goodrich, Falcon, Goodyear, Michelin and Yokohama. Make your 4x4 ute or van look awesome. Cracking deals at Bob Jane T-Marts. We won't be beaten on price. We'll look after you. Test season apply. been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag. This is a suspended uh, race. This is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley. I have a TCR Australia race winner on the phone. And just before you talk, Tony D, listen to this. But today, it's all about Tony D'Alberto. His first pole of the year. His first ever race win. That's two wins for D'Alberto here in what's been a magical weekend in Queensland. What does that sound like? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I'm so happy to come on the show as a TCR winner now because it was it's getting to the point where it was almost embarrassing, you know? All these races in uh, in the Honda and I hadn't cracked a win. So very relieved, uh, very happy. It's come at a good time of the year as well. Um, and it couldn't have been a better weekend, to be honest. It just You don't have weekends like that very often, so... Very happy at the moment. Unless you're Shane Van Gisbergen. Well, that's true. So, some drivers and, you know, Scotty McLaughlin or SVG, they're damn good at winning. But some others, and I'll put my hand up here, comes a little harder. <laughs> it's not quite as easy. So uh, you got to savor those moments when you can. Well, no one's really gone and done a whole bunch of winning in, in the TCR Australia Series this year. Anyhow, it's all been a mixed bag. Some have gone well, some have gone bad. Like we saw Dylan O'Keefe, he was uh, went into the round second in the title and he's now down in sixth or seventh or eighth or something. So uh, it's been up and down. You have been a true model of consistency, though, all the way through. I think you finished every race. You haven't found yourself in too much drama, only that uh, I think that last race at Sydney Motorsport Park where you had a mm. big old banged-up wheel after uh, Brad Shields stuck it down the inside of you. But... The monkey is off the back. Two rounds to go, six races, an extended series lead. You've got to kind of race up your sleeve. Now, I say two races to go. We've got Sandown coming up next, then Bathurst. And Bathurst, there's a whole chunk of extra points on the line there. It's not quite a double points round, but it's pretty close. So while it might feel good right now, I'm sure you're just not, I'm sure you're not just rolling out of the throttle and you're just, uh, wave to the crowd on every lap uh, as you wrap up this title. It's just not going to be that easy. No, it's not. And I think until we do cross the finish line there at Bathurst um, and we've actually wrapped up the championship, then I can relax. Um, it, it is, I know we've got a good lead, but just, yeah, there's too many variables. Things can go on and we've seen already how quickly things can change. So we're in a good spot. And I've, I have always said that we we need to have good pace and that's what we had on the weekend and, you know, we really maximised it. So we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll have a quiet few beers uh, right now, but um, we'll keep a lid on it until after Bathurst. 
Fantastic, fantastic. So what was different? Was there anything different about this round? I know you did a test prior to the event. You haven't had many test days this year. That might have been uh, your first for the year. So uh, was that the key or was it was it something different? Was it just all the um, the planets aligning? Did, did those new pit garages at Queensland Raceway just <laughs> give you a big bolt of inspiration? What was it? And they did look pretty cool, actually. Very, very good. Um, I think they helped. I don't think we, we necessarily found something in the car and that's suddenly why we were quicker, but it just meant we went into the weekend, um, with our eye in, we, we had the car in a pretty good window setup wise. And, um, with the way the practice sessions were, especially that practice two, where it was like pitch black and raining, some of the other guys, I suppose, almost lost a session there. So, you know, we, we managed to qualify well and obviously had enough car speed to keep it up the front. So, um, yeah, I don't think anything's really changed as much, but even when you've got a good car, it's not easy to execute and to actually maximize it. So I think that's probably why I was you know, happier that we were able to actually do that and, and not just waste what we had under, underneath us. Mm. Cool. Well, an awesome weekend again, pole position, two race wins. You started 10th in that second race and made your way up to fifth. It really just couldn't have gone any better. And I'm trying to find what the differences are between what you've been doing all these last couple of years uh, compared to this weekend. Now, one thing was that you didn't really have a wall racing teammate saddled up beside you. <laughs> has, uh, has there been a little bit too much focus maybe on uh, the second car? Instead, the boys could just put all focus on the number 50 Civic. Was, nah. that, was that kind of a thing? I don't think so. I don't think so. We were like a skeleton crew on the weekend. It was literally... Uh, myself, David Fife, my engineer. We had Toddy, my mechanic, Zach, um, who's a, a young gopher, basically. He was doing tires for us. And we had a ring in as well. So, um, you know, it's uh, it was a skeleton crew. It was a shame not to have Fabs there. But, you know, he was I don't there. It, he was there. <laughs> it, it, yeah, he was there in spirit. He was putting a, a mic in front of my face. Um, but we, uh, you know, we share information with Zach um, Suter as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he pitted next to us and we do our, all our debriefs and pre-briefs and all that with him. So there's a bit of data share going on there and he was really quick all weekend. So that worked out well. Um, and yeah, I don't think there's anything to, in that ground. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get you, I'm not going to go down that path. <laughs> uh, look, you know, it certainly, you know, I've, I guess I've followed it so closely with you right from that very, right from the very start, you know, you were involved in that very first TCR Australia uh, like open test day or launch day that we had in 2018 before uh, any cars really sort of landed in the country. We had five or four cars in the country and all four of them were there. You drove a Volkswagen that day, I think. Mm, yep. Yep. And, uh, and that probably was the first and only time we've ever driven any other TCR car other than the Honda Civic that you're you're currently in. I saw you very proudly placing those um, those pole position and and race win stickers on the on the door. But again, it is right down to these last six races. Sandown's up next, and the Hondas were really good there last year. Of course, you had uh, Nesta Hiralami come over, who was uh, who is currently racing in WTCR. Uh, he won all three races at Sandown 2019. Uh, so the, the, the Honda is a proven uh, package there, but you will be going there with your 
your big fat boy pants on, you'll be carrying <laughs> a bit of extra weight. How much is that going to hurt up and down those big long straights at Sandown? It's not going to be good. It's, um, you know, we don't know how much it's going to affect us, but it's certainly not going to be an improvement. Um, but, you know, we're not the only ones, you know, Jay Hansen, um, Zach, Will Brown, there'll be quite a few of us that'll have a fair bit of weight on board after qualifying was so tight. So, yeah, we, we just have to deal with it, manage it the best we can, um, try and stay out of trouble. But, yeah, the, the car was pretty good there last time. Um, Nestor obviously drives the thing pretty damn well as well. So um, he's pretty handy behind the wheel. But we've got some good data and, and vision um, to look at. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect, really. We went to Tassie at the start of the year um, with a car that basically finished last the year before and almost won this year. So, I think yeah, you know, the form guide is a little bit hard to sometimes um, look at from previous years, but um, yeah, we'll just try and try our best, mate. Uh, Jordan Cox second, Jay Hansen third. Who's the biggest challenger? Who's the one you're uh, got in the rearview mirror? The one that you're, uh, you know, a little concerned with? Yeah, I don't think there's anyone that I'm most concerned with because I'm probably concerned with everybody. <laughs> um it's it's too close there behind me to uh like it you know we saw dylan on the weekend had a bad round and he he dropped a lot of points um you know they're all quite bunched up um behind me so i mean coxie obviously is very fast he's a bit bit ragged as well so um he's someone that you got to sort of keep your eye on a little bit and and jay hansen he's obviously very fast in that new audi um and uh he's very hungry as well so those guys, there's no doubt they could they could wrap it up too. But um, yeah, I suppose we've got a we've got a couple of points ahead of them at the moment. And that's where I where I like to keep it. Well, speaking of uh, Jay Hanson, we'll find out exactly how hungry he is. I'm going to get him on the Parked Up podcast right now. Hey, it's great to have Jay Hanson on the Parked Up podcast. We've uh, we've caught him right at the end of his workday, and he's where we we're used to seeing him wearing a helmet, but it's a different type of helmet that we're looking at right now. It's a uh, bit of a uh, tradesman's work, worky uh, worker hat, mate. It looks like you're nice and safe there. Yeah, I am. I'm actually just packing up for the day, so um, you've called me at the perfect time. Perfect. Now, um, look, we got you on the line because this was a TCR race winners only podcast, except for <laughs> myself. I didn't take uh, too many wins, but I do have the the two winners from the Queensland Raceway round. Uh, Jay, for yourself, mate, it was a, um, a race two win, which has elevated you up to third place in the title right on the heels of Jordan Cox there in second. You're giving yourself every chance to challenge that uh, that bloke who we've got on the line here. Yeah, you're not wrong. We definitely needed a round like this and um, it's come at the perfect time. So to win the reverse top 10 race coming from eighth um, was actually pretty tough, but we got it done, which is really good. And then two thirds in the other two races. So it definitely means we closed the gap to Tony um, or maybe ah. not Tony, but to the other guys, we've closed the gap a little bit. But um, no, we're, we're definitely um, in the fight now, which is which is good. Hey, mate, it was uh, really good racing on the weekend and uh, you did a great job in that second race for sure. It's bloody hard getting through the field uh, with all the temperature from, you know, uh, coming off the other cars and brakes going away and all that sort of stuff. But you seemed to handle that really well and was able to make really good ground in that race. And uh, I think, to be honest, if I if I be really frank here, Grant, mm-hmm. if, Jay, if Jay had got the start in the last race, I don't know if I would have seen which way he went. 
But uh, the mighty Honda launched off the line well, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been um, the same situation, but just opposite way around. I think you would have been able to sit behind me, but then you just would have heated up your fronts. Yeah. Um, and then that would have hurt you. But it was actually, yeah, really good racing throughout the whole weekend. Um, I think I definitely have something to work on with starts. You smoked me in that last race, but it was um, it was a good race. I gave it everything I could to, to try to get to you. And I even gave you a little bump. Just it, to let it you did, know actually. <laughs> you did actually. Um, but, um, I, I knew like if I could just weather the storm for, you know, that is 10 laps while you're right on my bumper, um, you know, chances are you're going to cook, cook your tires and have nothing left at the end. Um, it just, that's the way the category is. And that's what makes it so difficult to get around cars and actually make progress. So, but um, no, you had a great weekend, mate. Uh, three fastest laps. And um, I was just saying to Grant before, like, uh, you know, go on a sand and a Bathurst, you're going to certainly be one to watch. Yeah, that's a plan. Well, hopefully we head into Sandown with no BOP and you're going to have 40 kilos. So that'll be hopefully a strong round for us. And then we just need to get through Bathurst and uh, we'll hopefully see where we are at the end of the year. But um, hopefully that's our plan. Yeah, you're not wrong. Tony's actually uh, not going to eat for the next month and a bit before Sandown. <laughs> it's not a bad strategy. So uh, I might have to jump on the same game plan. Mate, you couldn't lose another kilo. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no there's not a lot of me but yeah hey you've got dvs coming up haven't you at Sandown? i have yeah in two weeks time are you looking forward to jumping back in the supercar for that one that'll be really good especially to do a little bit of a shakedown before we get in the tcr and, and really get, kick things off but um it's we've been moving forward in super two which is our plan just keep on learning and trying to um, gain as much experience and knowledge in the category as we can. And um, at Townsville, we I think we showed that in, in the last race, we finished fourth up there. So to hopefully head down to Sandown, hopefully it's not raining um, and it'll mm. be a really good round, fingers crossed. Doesn't rain in Melbourne, mate. Come on. Uh, <laughs> it's hopeless down here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jay, it has been a busy year for you. Super successful in TCR, obviously running third and, and I think four race wins now for the season. But you've dovetailed that, as Tony had said, with... Uh, the Super 2 program. Is supercars what you want to do? That's the that's the future? Yeah, for sure. Always growing up throughout go-karts and everything, I've always dreamed of getting to supercars. Um, and then this year, um, the opportunity and my dream really come alight with Erebus and Erebus Academy um, and also Terry Wahoon and everyone a part of the Wahoons over there at Image Racing. It's um, really gave me the opportunity to be able to finally jump in one of those cars that um i've been wanting to get in for so long so uh it was an opportunity we couldn't miss so we jumped right at it and then we are we we are where we are today from just the people that we've surrounded ourselves with very good uh your name hasn't popped up as a potential supercars endurance driver not yet you're still pretty young but that's is is that the obvious next step is uh you know another year of super two and uh, a supercars endurance drive, uh, the the next component of your career? Yeah, for sure. If we can get everything right, um, I just ke- have to keep proving myself and hopefully I can prove myself good enough to be able to get a co-drive in the next few years. And then from there, it can just lead anywhere, really. So um, that's our plan. Yes, for sure. Cool. And one more hard newsy style question, and, and then that's it. We can uh, have some lulls after that. Would you do TCR again next year? Is that something that you'd like to do to, to keep regular race miles under your belt? Oh, for sure. I mean, um, TCR is a great category. I really love the category um, and, and who's in it. And I think definitely I would, uh, any car to drive 
is um any oh, I should say any track time is good track time. So if I can get in PCR next year and keep running miles around any track in any car, a hundred percent I'll be in it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. So that's enough newsy stuff. Thank you very much. Now on to some lols. We actually tried to get you on the Parked Up podcast a little while ago. This is your debut. You're doing very good so far. Tony and I actually had a chat with you. I think it was Simmons Plains earlier this mm-hmm. year where we grabbed you inside uh, the truck and we just had and a... What happened there, Grant? Well, the, fi- the, uh, the, <laughs> the file corrupted. The file corrupted. So... I think we did like five or six chats and only three of them eventually um, made made the light of day. It's not like we've ever had any audio problems, Tony. No, uh... no, exactly. <laughs> I you think I had ping? a joke around with Tony at uh, Phillip Island around after saying that he deleted it because he had such a shit round. So uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if it was Grant or was it Tony that did that? <laughs> oh, dear. No, it was definitely Grant. I, I don't look up to anything, anything audio because I'm absolutely hopeless, but I admit it. Grant just keeps trying to press on with it. I don't know. I know. <laughs> 144 episodes in and uh, and still having still having dramas. Um, so Jay, tell us we're uh, we're looking at you there uh, on the work side. A lot uh, busier, dirtier than Tony and myself, just absolutely chilling at our homes. Uh, <laughs> what what makes up uh, the Monday to Friday for Jay Hanson? Monday to Friday is too many hours. Um, honestly, working on the sides of the road. So we I. It's a family business that we install and repair guardrail and wire rope, so your safety barriers on uh, up and down the freeways you see. We pretty much install and repair that all over Victoria, so it keeps me very busy. And then on weekends, we love to go racing. Love it. Now, what do you do more of, installing or repairing them when someone's, uh, you know, fallen asleep at the wheel or or had a couple too many beers or whatever and they've uh, found themselves in a place on the road that they shouldn't be? Oh, def- uh, sort of a mix. We have um, a, a good contract currently in uh, Geelong that we do all the repairs from Little River exit all the way down to, geez, Winchelsea, Apollo Bay and all those areas. But we do install a fair bit of guardrail. Um, we try to stay away from installing wire rope just because it's a little bit harder and a little bit more time consuming. Um, but oh, I would say it's almost 60-40 that we install just a little bit more. So, yeah. They definitely work. They definitely do the job. Um, uh, have, have you blokes ever, you've, you've never gone close to uh, smashing into one of those things. They look, uh, they look brutal. They'll absolutely rip your car apart. Yeah, you're not wrong. But I mean, every time you see wire rope um, hit in the middle of the road, you could say that's a potential death and a potential head on. So every time we do, we're, we're doing repairs, we, um, we think we're really, you know, it's saved someone's life here. You always think of the worst. So, um, We've definitely come to some bad sites where people have unfortunately died, um, but a lot of the time it has saved uh, multiple people's lives, which is a good thing. You've got a real job, Grant. A real job. A real. I'm a job. lifesaver, if you want to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you wear a cape as well? <laughs> Just fluoros, mate. That's it. Just fluoros. <laughs> Well, if, Very if you, good. If you're traveling anywhere, ladies and gentlemen out there listening to this podcast, if you're traveling in uh, the west of Melbourne uh, and you see some orange uh, fluorescent types on the on the sideline in uh, installing or repairing some of these things, give a toot. There's a fair chance it'll be Jay Hansen. Uh, give us a good yell. That you're tooting at. Um, all right, mate. You've got Sandown next week in the uh, in the Super Two series. Uh, as you said, uh, top result over there in the uh, in the last round what's the expectation 
uh, at a circuit uh, that's a little bit closer to home for you? Um, honestly, that's sort of a tough one. Uh, we've been banking on the top 10s for the last few rounds. So definitely I'm just going to keep aiming to be top 10 and just honestly take as much out of the weekend as possible and just keep on learning, which is our ambitions for the rest of the year, to be honest. Can I ask you a con- controversial question? Yes. Do, do you think you've got the package in DVS to win? Win the series or win around? Win around, you know, because you come out of TCR and you're really doing a great job and winning races and you're up against, you know, guys oh. with a lot of experience, not not just, you know, rookies. I thought you were about um, to say exceptional talent. No, no, no. You know, you know me. I wouldn't talk it up too much. Um <laughs> You know, and then you then you go back to DVS and, you know, a good result is a top 10. You wouldn't say that's a good result for you in TCR, would you? Yeah, you're not wrong. Although the guys I would say I'm birthing in um, Super 2 have two to three years experience and where I'm really lacking, I would say, is just qualifying. But I would say for sure we have a package that would be able to um, take out a round win in Super 2. It's just making sure we tweak up the driver a little bit. Um, it's all new to me. <laughs> It's all new to me. It's not, I've never been in anything similar to it. And, you know, the green tyre is pretty hard to get right on that one qualifying lap. So um, it's just definitely trying to make sure everything's right at the right time. And then, um, yeah, for sure, I think we do have a really good package. It's just making sure everything's right. Very well um, response. A great response there. Great response. <laughs> cool. Cool, Jay. Well, mate, thank you so much for your time on the Parked Up podcast. Uh, I'll say all the very best for Sandown, for the both Sandowns. I'm sure Tony will say all the very best for just one of those Sandowns. <laughs> Probably not the one in September. But, uh, mate, we look forward to seeing you uh, back at the track and, yeah, we'll uh, see your shiny face real soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on finally again. Um, <laughs> it was great. Hopefully, hopefully I get a call after Sandown. depending depending on your september result yes that that will defend (laughs) the callback thanks bro no worries thanks guys cheers see you mate hey it was great to have jay hansen on the parked up podcast even better though to have tony d on the pod back on the pod after you're very controversial leaving the pod but look all for very good reason that you have come on this week of course you've won tcr races but you came back to Melbourne with some very unfortunate news. You went from the highest of highs to a bit of a scary low. Do you want to tell everyone about this? It was, unfortunately. We got back uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, we decided not to try and fly back Sunday night with the kids because it would have been just chaos. Um, and very tired. Went to bed Monday night. And then I got a, I got a phone call from my dad at 3 o'clock in the morning. and Who was still up celebrating. He must have been, yeah. I thought, well, yeah, he's either celebrating or someone's died. So um, I answered, and you know, it's it's never generally a good conversation when someone rings you at three o'clock in the morning, is it? Really? Mm, not really. No. You're sort of expecting the worst. Um, and unfortunately, we had a big fire at our work. So one of our sites, um, we have a fiberglass business, and there's lots of you know fiberglass and resins and all sorts of uh, stuff that is very flammable and uh, unfortunately it went up in flames. So we're sort of lucky in a way that only one section of the building caught fire and it wasn't the section with all the resins. So we had a, uh, a spray booth um, that we think has had an electrical fire. And uh, when I got there, Grant, there was 
police divvy vans, which we make everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and there was uh, firefighters everywhere and they were just going to town trying to contain this fire so it didn't spread. But um, not, uh, not much fun. I came down to earth with a big thud, highest of highs to uh, then um, trying to clean up a big mess at work. So not ideal, Grant. Not ideal. These things happen. Well, like I know you work your guys to the bone there at Belmont so and Centaur. So, um, you know, 24-hour rotational workers, um, <laughs> no, no lives lost. <laughs> no lives lost. There was no one there, thankfully. Uh, they, they even got the next day off because uh, we had to wait for, um, you know, everyone to come and investigate insurance company and all that sort of stuff. So no one could touch anything. So they had to go home for the day. So they, they were happy as Larry. <laughs> I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were. Nothing suspicious at all, except for the uh, one of you guys who had uh, accidentally uh, yeah. left a naked flame next to a, a whole bunch of um, a fuel or something. No, I'm sure there, there was nothing suspicious like that. Okay, cool. So how, and, and so how much damage and uh, is everything back going now? No, definitely not. No, it, uh, it burnt uh, one of our spray boosts to the ground, all the roof sort of came in. Um, so that one factory is pretty buggered. So yeah, there's a fair bit of cleanup to do. And uh, yeah, until all the insurance stuff happens, we sort of can't get stuck into it just yet. So uh, yeah, it'll probably be a bit ongoing for a little while, but uh, you know, I think to be honest, we're pretty lucky if it had got into the other factory, I think we would have, uh, we would have lost a lot of molds um, for a lot of our jobs that we do, you know, and it could have been a much worse fire as well. So although it was bad, I think we actually got away with it pretty, pretty lightly, really. Mm. Okay, cool. No, never good news, um, but it sounds like you guys will, will get back on top of it uh, pretty quick. Okay, cool. So, hey, when we used to do pods regularly, we'd uh, sit down and talk about all the latest events in motorsport. There's There's been uh, plenty going on and people haven't had a chance to listen to our uh, take on some of the things that have been happening. And the one thing that I know that we would have always been really keen to talk about would be the uh, silly seasons. And the silliest yeah. of seasons is happening in Formula One at the moment. Mental. And it involves two Australians, which is so unfortunate. I mean, it should be great news that Oscar Piastri is coming in to Formula One. It just took the worst turn of events when it seems like he's going to edge out Daniel Ricciardo, our, uh, our, our current Aussie, the one that everyone loves, uh, he's going to get edged out of his role. And uh, I guess the latest reports on this is that that Oscar will replace him one way or another at McLaren. And Daniel's asking for the uh, small amount of $21 million <laughs> to see that uh, contract uh, get torn up so he can move on to the next phase of his career. Isn't it incredible? And I feel like it's almost a shame for Oscar because we should be celebrating another Aussie coming into Formula One. And I don't know, it feels, it feels like he's almost embroiled in something that he shouldn't be. You know, even all the Alpine stuff that went down, you know, when Alonso obviously made a very swift move or exit and then Alpine announcing Oscar and then him, him declining it. And it was just, it's just weird. It's just mm. so weird. And um, for him to get embroiled in the whole thing, and now to be basically, you know, exiting Daniel out of a seat, um, it, I, I don't know whether it's going to put extra pressure on him when he actually does start racing in Formula One from an, you know, from a fan base. I, I don't know, but 
be a real shame um, to see Daniel out of a seat, which it looks like he will be, and whether or not he can find another seat in time. Who knows? But mm. one thing you might be able to explain to me, Grant, what is going on with McLaren and all their drivers? I, I don't get it between IndyCar and, like, you tell me, tell me, what, what's the go? Well, I don't know. I guess there's a few trains of thought. They've certainly got them all stacked up with Alex Pillow, uh, who... They've also uh, dragged dragged in. He's he's got a, a current gig with with Chip Ganassi over there in IndyCar, and they've signed him up. Uh, they got more drivers than they've got seats in Premier Motor Racing Championships. So yeah, it's 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 odd, isn't it? So um, look, I, don't, I guess we're 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 far too far away from it. But the uh, the thing is, they've got a pretty good stockpile of uh talent ready to go the oscar one is uh it's confused it's not confusing but difficult because for sure he's regarded as a very good race race car driver and you don't win formula three or formula two uh without knowing exactly what you're doing behind the wheel but absolutely unproven at the very top level so um yeah probably a little bit of risk there from McLaren to uh, to to slide him in, but look, McLaren have had their eyes on on Oscar for for quite some time. You know, he's he's currently uh, their reserve driver. That Alpine have let him be that reserve driver. You know, there was a chance when uh, when Lando had gone down with with an illness that he might have slotted in for the Monaco Grand Prix. So um, the the relations with McLaren and Oscar's camp isn't brand new um but yeah they've uh, they've got plenty of options f- to drive those cars the, the the one thing that i think about you know the australian grand prix this year there was just so many people there great atmosphere awesome event uh but there was so much orange in the crowd they there would have been no daniel ricardo or mclaren merch left to be sold which I find amazing because you can't buy a hat for anything less than eighty dollars. <laughs> and um, you know what? What? What does an Aussie fan do now? Do they stick with that orange? Do they? Uh, do they? Uh, particularly because Oscar is from Melbourne. He is genuinely. This is his local race. It is his home race. Um, or did, you know, Daniel's got such a great following, particularly here in Australia and also America. It would be fair to say. So do do the Aussies stick with Dan? Do they do they hedge their bets and go both? Are we going to see a lot of Alpine gear out there? If you were a fan, but is he going to Alpine? Well, I because that's know. the thing. That's the where question. Else is, I mean, where I think else it's... is where else is he going to go? Could he get? Would well, he go to Williams? I'm not sure. That's the place that he he needs yeah, to go. I don't, now. I don't know if he's got much of a choice because uh, we know Oscar. Well, a pretty everyone's pretty certain he's going to McLaren. So that's done. So for Daniel, he's got to find another seat and it's obviously not that easy. And in fairness, he's had a bloody rough run lately, like mm. really tough. So I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But the thing that amazes me, uh, Mark Webber looks after Oscar. Yep. It's just so strange. You know, you've got all these Aussies attacking Aussies and I'm sure it's not personal. I'm sure it's not personal no. at all. No. Uh, but you sort of 
you yeah, it'd be hard not to think of it like that. If you were Daniel, you know. Mm, yeah, interesting. In, in, interesting uh, series of events that led up to it, and it all happened so quickly that you know, even now, uh, a week and a bit after it all went down, really quickly, uh, it's still a little hard to get get our heads around exactly uh, where it's at. So. Um, it'll make for a couple of very interesting episodes of Drive to Survive uh, yes. next year when it comes out, because I'm sure this will be a, uh, a a talking point. I reckon at least half an episode of one of them will be dedicated to how this uh, transpired, because it's uh, created a lot of interest, maybe a little bit more interest down in this part of the world, because it's two Aussies who are effectively the the uh, the story. So. Mm. Yeah. So you've probably already spoken about it on uh, previous pods. Uh, I haven't heard it because um, you don't listen. I haven't listened to every single pod. Thanks. Um, uh, no, of course I do. Uh, Alonzo, mm-hmm. what the hell? Like, obviously he must be getting paid pretty well to go um, to Aston Martin because they're a shit box. <laughs> like, it's, as blunt it's, as that yeah. sounds, like, why would you go when Alpine are going pretty good? Why would you do that? I maybe I think you've summed it up in that very first statement there about the cash. But is uh, is Aston Martin also entering other championships beyond this? He's 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 still punching pretty damn well. Oh, amazing! He's uh, he's doing pretty damn good. But you know, is there a sports car program with Aston Martin beyond this that he might be able to see through his? Uh, mid to late 40s where he can continue to be race car driver in a in a very top top level um is there more to the aston martin piece as a uh as a ambassador um so you know really really famous and uh, and popular sports car brand a, a great way for him to exit his career as a driver of their factory formula one team and remain in that family for the next 15 or 20 years of his life where he can just be famous ex formula one world champion who rolls up to events and gets paid lots of money to and and be part of a a car brand so uh, i suspect that's got to have something to do with it because i don't think he's going there to uh try and challenge for a world title uh, not just because of his age, but exactly where they they sort of sit at the moment. They're, wow, they're uh, the bottom bottom half of the mid pack, if if sometimes even worse. Well, they they struggle to get out of Q Q one half the time, and Alonso at the moment has been in Q three most most times. So in the Alpine, so it, it's a very interesting one because it's it just happened so fast. It was like as soon as the opportunity came up, boom, I'm doing it. Like it was so clear cut for him that decision. Obviously, we don't know what's going on, you know, in Alpine and and why he potentially wasn't happy. But I suggest it's a bit of a money thing. But um, anyway, it's definitely uh, thrown it into a big silly season. Mm. Um, okay, cool. So we've got uh, we've got a bit of a silly season happening in supercars as well, uh, with all the reports suggesting that Tim Slade's going to leave uh, Blanchard Racing and head to Premier. Uh, potentially partnering James Golding if he can retain that drive for next year. And this is uh, not even factoring in what might happen with Chris Pither 
for uh, 2023 as well, which is, of course, the start of uh, Gen 3. Uh, what do you think about that Slady moving from single car team to the emerging, totally unproven Premier Racing? Uh, I think it could be a good move. I do. I, I think he's a bit frustrated at Blanchard's at the moment. They're not really getting far. And I think with Blanchard saying they're not going to run two cars, um, he probably thinks, oh, it's just going to be the same. Uh, and Premier, I believe, are going to be a team to be part of in the future. You know, they're, they're spending the cash. They're, they're um, you know, Peter's obviously a very good businessman, so he knows what to or where to spend the money. And uh, they're already making gains. So, I think it'd be a good thing for him, for Slady, to go there. Um, mm. The question I've got is who goes to Blanchard's? Well, I guess the uh, just listening to some of our learned news hounds, they're suggesting uh, Lee Holdsworth or maybe even Zane Goddard as, uh, as potential runners there. So uh, Lee, I guess, comes with a bucket load of experience, very similar to Tim Slade in, in so many ways, whereas Zane Goddard, obviously, not as much supercars racing experience but he's been doing a lot of the heavy lifting in the gen 3 development so would that why give is that a little bit of advantage i'm not sure why, why are they flying him around the countryside to do that testing i've got no idea uh who else do you think should do it no like at a race meeting if, if like yulden jumps in and does the uh, laps um because he's racing a porsche that weekend he's not especially there just for that Mm. You know what I mean? I, I don't understand why he's doing that. But anyway, okay. that's, no, a, that's a side issue. That's a, No, that's a good question. And maybe I'll try and get Zane on in the next couple of weeks and say, look, Tony wants to know why are you picked to do this? And why? <laughs> I, only because I'm jealous. I want to drive it. <laughs> um, so uh, actually enough water's passed under the bridge now. You were meant to get some Gen 3 laps. Yeah. But that got uh, it got canned, and we couldn't talk about it at the time. Mm. Um, but I think enough uh, the the earth has spun around enough times now for us to uh, to talk about that. That would have been uh, that would have been cool, and no opportunity since for you. <laughs> there hasn't been. I haven't given me a call back. But um, yeah, I was meant to drive at at earlier in the year when I think uh, um, all the Victorian teams had a test day at Winton, and they're going to have uh, the two Gen three cars there. Um, and then they end up pulling the pin on the test because they wanted to make some alterations to the car. So I was spewing. I had the mm. car to myself all day, all day, just to pan around. Uh, anyway, I'm sure there'll be a chance in the future. They're looking mm -hmm. good. They're sounding good. Definitely, uh, you can see they're getting better to drive uh, from the onboard stuff and some of the driver feedback. I, don't, I think it's quite real what they're saying about how they're enjoying driving the cars. So I, I think. Um, they got a bit of a battle ahead of them, though, to get them all ready. I, I think it's going to be tight. Like, they're not that long to go before next year, and there's a lot of work to do. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't like to be one of those teams. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to start supercars racing until about March. So, uh, oh, fair enough. Yeah. So, I think that, yeah. So, surely a all-in test, maybe even a couple of days at Sydney Motorsport Park and then pack them all up and head up to Newcastle for the first round. But still, we're looking there at late February to do those tests. So, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the teams will work through Christmas. No dramas. Yes. 
Yep. It uh, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> no, no. Look, and look, even uh, with the current generation of cars, they launched in 2011 at Sydney Olympic Park. They did a nice big reveal in that uh, giant pit building in the uh, in that uh, huge factory. Uh, and yeah, for a lot of 2012, they were doing test and development work through the year. They've got at least six, eight months. They had six or eight months more than what they've had now. And even then, teams were working all the way through Christmas and through the new year to get the new cars ready. So, uh, yep, it's, uh, she's going to be pretty frantic. And look, who cares? If, if there's a full field of them lining up for Newcastle, I think it's going to be awesome because we're probably going to have some unreliability. We're going to have some uh, driver error as they're starting to understand these cars, particularly around Newcastle being the mm. first round of the title. We, we're going to see some really odd, random results. And, uh, you know, we're currently living in an age where if SVG doesn't win, we're surprised. Uh, there's a fair chance that we're going to be very surprised because, um, you know, we'll have no idea who's going to win come next year. Yeah, I think it's, um, you're right. I mean, the, the results are going to be unpredictable, but man, to go to Newcastle for the first round, how many spares are these cars actually going to have? Yeah, body work, whatever it might be. It's, it's bloody risky. Mm. It's, it's really risky. Um, anyway. Even to send uh, the cars off at the Clips, oh, sorry, Clips or 500. See, it sticks. <laughs> See, great marketing. Right. Uh, the, what is it? Superloop? Is it still Superloop? No. Nope. Oh, God. What is it Val now? Velo. Oh, Velo. That's right. Anyway, Adelaide 500. Yep. Um, at the end of the year, to send the current car off, you know, there might be a few stuck in the fence that never get repaired again. Mm. Oh, well, Tony, not your problem, not my problem. We just get Actually, to. I I'd love to. On the side. I'd love it if it was my problem. I'd love to race around the Adelaide Street Circuit again. That is a just an epic track. I love it. I'm so jealous. Uh, that would be good in TCR. Okay, I just can't see that happening. I don't think no, that's going to. It be would be great. It would it be would, great. Yeah, it would be. It would be. It would be good. The uh, the old Honda um, uh, chugging away up that hill <laughs> after the first corner. <laughs> have to go down a couple of gears. And... <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay, cool. Well, Tony, thank you very much for joining us um, on my podcast. Yes. Um, what, uh, what, what's in store for you uh, in the next few weeks? I can only imagine. I know DJR has a ride day on Monday. Are you going? How do you know? Uh, I know I know things. I don't know everything, but I know do yeah. know some things. Actually, most teams, pretty much all the teams, yeah. uh, have the Monday after Sandown ride day where lots and lots of people are going to sit in uh, passenger seats of race cars and be uh, driven around Sandown. You did it last year. Are you uh, locked in to bank a billion laps in the number 12? Yes. Yes, I am. It's a number 11, thank you. Oh yeah, of course it changed. <laughs> I bet I, um, I tell you, I was thrown by that uh, Team Penske celebrating yeah. the uh, Scott McLaughlin's pole <laughs> position triumph, and they uh, unfortunately ran a photo of Fabian Coulthard's uh, yeah, number yeah. twelve rather than the number seventeen that Scott had uh, been so successful in for all those years. So I can, um, tell, you, I can tell you who wasn't uh, upset about that. 
<laughs> fabs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah. So I get to do a co-driver session on the Friday. Great. Mm-hmm. And then get to belt around all, all day on the Monday. Um, I haven't actually driven the shell car very much this year because the last test I missed because of COVID. So I'm looking forward to jumping out there on the Friday, doing a couple of laps in the co-driver session. And then all day Monday, just belting around. And you know what I'm going to do, Grant? Mm, what's that? I'm going to put my dad in the car. Oh, not driving or passenger? No, passenger. Come on. That's cool. He's going to, he's going to come for a ride. He's, you know what? After all these years that we've been involved with our own team and you know, driven supercars for many, many years, he's never come for a ride. He's always chickened out. <laughs> and he, he'll say that he hasn't had the time or whatever, but it is because he is shit scared. Cool. So we'll check back in and I'll let you know how it goes. All right. Well, I think it sounds like I'm going to need to stick one of my fancy GoPros in front of his face as you go and take yes. him around for this. Hey, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Actually, I've got my parents coming down for Sandown as well. And I did think maybe I could ask the team if we could squeeze in old man Rolly for a, uh, for a lap as well. But um, yeah. I don't want to push, I don't want to push the buttons too hard. <laughs> Hey, you know you know them better than me, so um, get in there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Um, okay. Well, thank you very much for uh, for coming back to the Parked Up podcast. It just feels very familiar uh, doing this did with you, you. Did you like how I just started asking Jay questions before, even though I'm not a host anymore? No, go for it. No, I was. <laughs> I was uh, it was good. It was perfect. That's exactly. It's exactly what we need. That I just is... forgot my role. I forgot. No. Nah. No, no, no. Always part of the family here. Uh, thanks for uh, listening in to this episode of Parked Up. Of course, you can hear Parked Up Plus every Monday with Mark Fogarty. Uh, that comes out at 5 p.m. There's a whole heap of other podcasts that the old network ours create, which is also the Girls on the Grid. It's also on Monday. Uh, and if that's not enough for your ears, then every second Friday, the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast uh, is is coming up is out and about and uh the one we've just done is with rick shaw and the next one an old friend of yours tony dean i'm going to reveal this now oh it's, it's with marcus sakanovic oh yes he's an old yes. i know he's a bit of an old mate of yours he used to uh crash crash into each other back in the uh super two days uh and all that sort of thing so nah, he's a ripper the absolute yeah. ripper family yeah love him Yep. So that'll be uh, that'll be really cool. That's coming up on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast. But uh, you know what? For now, that's about it. Tony D, thanks for coming back. No, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. My favorite podcast, and I love listening to it every week. Thank you. Goodbye. You've just listened to another Network Car production. 